0: Should we have anxiety? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> is it makes sense to have anxiety? Yeah. Sure, Can yeah. we control what's happening tomorrow? For a long time, people treated anxiety like it was this, it was this betrayal to God. You know, like how could you not trust God and worry all the time? But we got to be careful because anxiety is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And emotions are gifts from God. And if anxiety is emotion, then we would handle anxiety the same way we we'd handle something maybe like anger. So Jesus doesn't say don't be angry. He says don't when you are angry, don't sin. When you're thinking about anxiety as an emotion, be careful that anxiety doesn't catapult you into fear right. and worry and stress and paralyze you. What's up, what's up? <laughs> what Welcome to up? the Uncomplicated Podcast.
1: Episode 19.
0: D.A.C. Nuevo for all you Spanish-speaking friends in the house. It's all my Home my all my hombrays, hombros. Here we go. How many questions have we got? Why are you looking at me like that? Why are you looking at me like that? Disappointment. Why? Why Why are you disappointed?
1: Because you know better.
0: I'm learning a second language here. You are not
1: learning anything. Let's get right to it. Thanks for tuning in. Point of this podcast is to keep it uncomplicated. We are complicated people, and because we are complicated, it seems like faith and life and so much of what we go through is so complicated. And so the hope and the prayer behind our time together is that we would help uncomplicate some things that... Um, may feel convoluted.
0: I don't think God intended faith to be complicated. I, agree. I think he. I don't think he wants you to live a complicated life. I think he wants you. I think he wants to guide your life and direct your life. And so, a lot of our answers are going to come from that Christian worldview we call it mm-hmm. right uh you know we've been teaching the bible for a long time and so you know we're going to bring the scriptures into this maybe you're a christian maybe you're not but uh i think truth is truth what do you think yeah i absolutely. think some people are looking for some answers and that's probably why you search the topic on youtube right now that you found right now and uh, we got a stack of questions that came in through justice yep. and through instagram and some people have said how come you don't prepare more <laughs> for answering these yeah. questions? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Before we get into it, just just to help people's expectations because we haven't read all these questions. No, we
1: haven't read all these questions. We don't research in, in depth. This is literally I think on the spot live. We want to help uncomplicate things and it to be real and authentic and um
0: and really you know, we, we don't know everything.
1: Yeah. We're, we're we're not experts in everything, but we have studied the word of God and we're hoping that our truths don't just, you know, mainly come from that, not yeah. our own perspective or our own opinions, um but really what the word of God says to help Yeah, and guide we get stuff life. wrong. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? We we I mean honestly, we we're doing this podcast uh as a resource for you just to Try to get through as many questions as we can. You yeah. know, um, we don't want to spend the whole time on one question. We would right. rather we've chosen to kind of get through more questions. So, uh, I do got a guest coming in though.
1: Yeah, Dr. Dr. About Gary
0: Brashear's. So excited! Flies legend. in this Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the world's best mm-hmm. theological scholars. So submit your questions about theology and the Bible. Biology. You know what? Do you want to know if dinosaurs made it on the ark? <laughs> you need to ask that so we can put that. And on the topic, and he's list got a great voice to listen to, Gary, too. Yeah, he's he's awesome. just hes so, amazing. All right, mix these things up. Okay. And, uh, but, anyways, if you feel like we didn't spend enough time on this, ask go to justicecoleman.com, ask the question again, yeah, and maybe we'll hit it from another angle. But, like I said, uh, we don't, we're, we're also, we also don't, you know, we, we, sometimes you just don't want to give too much advice because you're like, man, advice is not really the goal here. The yeah. goal is to try to bring truth. So, uh, go ahead,
1: how to stay. Positive and proactive through someone constantly tearing you down.
0: All right. Well, let's get into this one. All okay. right. So someone's constantly and proactively. How to, how, to, how, to, how, to, how to stay positive if someone's tearing you down. Yeah. Uh, well, what have you learned about boundaries? Share briefly about that. Because isn't that part of maturing? Yeah. Part of growing up is realizing that you choose the people that you're around Totally, and that's one of the biggest decisions you make with your life the people around you determine the quality of your life often more than anything else yeah so who you choose to spend time with is going to be a huge factor in your mental health and your well-being and yeah. your direction in life and sometimes there's people who are they're haters and they're they're they they it seems like they only exist just to make you <laughs> feel <miserable>. small yeah <laughs> or feel small so they can feel big sure and uh, what would you what would you say about that?
1: I see it when,
0: how to be proactive?
1: How to stay positive and proactive? I mean, I guess it boundaries, like you said, are important. It's important to have if you're have, being harmed. If you're being harmed, to to have boundaries. Yeah. Um. If you're not being harmed, gosh, this is a hard one. Um,
0: Some people in life, you just got to put up with because you're not in their life. They're not in your life for you. You're in your. You're in their life for them. Yeah. You know, sometimes. You know, like someone write this you know, my kids are tearing me down. I need to put a boundary up and never see my kids again. Well, you know what? You need to be a dad. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry your kid's a snot, but you need to be a dad. Uh, He'll grow up. Stick it out. You know, I think family. Oh, well, my sister's acting like this, so I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to talk to her anymore. You know what? So that's your sister man. You got to have the long game, you know in mind there. So Well,
1: I think of a story in the Bible because we we want to take it back to sure. scripture, um, where Jesus's family own family was kind of like
0: Oh, great him example. Down.
1: They're like, "I don't know. He might be crazy. I'm not really sure what's going on."
0: No, they told people he was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he was in a you know, you oh. tell the story.
1: Well, I I was doing it. <laughs> um <laughs> There's a story in the Bible Why do you put where <laughs> Jesus' family is basically calling him crazy in front of their their community.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And publicly dishonoring him. Publicly shaming him.
1: Shaming him. And uh, if I think to the end of Jesus' life, right before he went to the cross, he was back around those people. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at that trajectory, something happened where Jesus had to stay positive. Yeah continue to love his family to the point that he let the tearing down, the betrayal, yeah. make it to reconciliation yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I think staying positive, what's really important is reminding uh, yourself what, what Christ says about you, what Jesus says about you. You can find that in the Bible yeah. that you are – secure and that you are his and so not listening, I mean that's a practice we all need to listen to because the world will tell you yeah. what they think about you. Yeah. And it's so important to um just listen to what, what God dating. says about you. What if
0: they're dating though?
1: Doesn't matter. Just listen to what if God says. If they're dating,
0: about. just go ahead and break up with them. Oh, that's you know what, what I mean? That's people are so afraid to break up with people and I get it. But the thing is is like if they're tearing you down, you don't want to be that person. Get out. Get out of that situation. You need to be in yeah. a
1: relationship that builds you up because yeah. the world will tear you down. You don't yeah. need that. What if
0: it's somebody at work? Deal with it. You got to go to work every day. Just deal right. with it. Okay. It's only eight hours. Whatever. What but you gonna, I mean. You, can only, you only tattle tell them I to do your supervisor so many times. <laughs> right. What if it's a family member? They're your family. Just don't spend as much time with them as you have to, but don't give up on them. I mean every one of these situations is gonna be different yeah, and it's gonna come down to are they in your life? You know it comes down to kind of what I said like sometimes you're in their life for them Mm -hmm. And that's how you serve them and sometimes you just need to put a boundary up because it's harmful for you and it's messing you up Yeah, but um, I think I like the word proactive proactive means I am gonna Step back. I'm gonna look at this and I'm gonna say what is this arrangement all about and how should I kind of like proceed right? You know, how do I serve them because sometimes you're a doormat and sometimes you're a bridge
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Both have people walking all over you, but it's not the same thing. Right. A doormat is some, when somebody's taking advantage of you. A bridge is when you're serving them, laying your life down for them so they can get somewhere they need to go, like to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, a bridge is temporary. You know, a bridge, a bridge is a season. It's not a lifetime. <laughs> you know, unlike a doormat, which just people footprints all over your back. We've all been there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a great question. Next one.
1: How can one balance practicing being gentle and showing strength?
0: Take that one on. You're, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are the strongest person I know, and everyone thinks you're so gentle. People do have I, no idea. I hope so. I don't you know. Are a, how, do you, how, how are you strong and gentle at the same time? Um, and are they two different things?
1: Strong and, hold on, being gentle and showing strength. Well, I think.
0: You're strong, and yet you're gentle. I don't see a conflict in the two.
1: No, not at all. I
0: think that gentleness is not. Go ahead.
1: No, no. I was gonna just say I think. Um, don't, don't look at the, the more gentle. <laughs> Would you like me to fold my hands as well, my love? Why do you put up with <laughs> me? I don't know. Why am I
0: being so controlling today? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Everyone in the office is laughing right now. I'm on one today. I'm sorry. Go. It's
1: okay. Um, I think the if you can be gentle and strong, that really uh, is like Christ. Yeah. Like Jesus is is God and God is all powerful, yet his humility and gentleness was so appealing. I think yeah. um, strong people are, gentle people are actually sometimes the strongest because they're withholding their strength. They're yeah. not powering over people or controlling people they can be gentle and strong so they can yes exist at the same time and it's so beautiful when that happens
0: yeah some of the the greatest evidence of strength often is how you restrain yourself right because it takes major self-control when you're a powerful person to restrain yourself sure how about when peter jumps out from behind the bush cuts the dude's ear off (laughs) remember with the sword (laughs) i do and jesus has to put his ear back on and then peter's like i'm gonna take these fools out and jesus is like dude I could call down thousands of angels from heaven, (laughs) roast these dudes. I'm being gentle. I'm restraining myself in order to serve them. Mm -hmm. This is where God has me. The Father has me in this place. And even though I have the power to get out of the place, I am restraining. I'm being gentle with them. I'm grateful that God is gentle with me because I'm grateful that you're gentle with me. All right, next question. Take it away.
1: (laughs) Right. How to overcome transform minds from thinking negatively and worst case scenarios. How to overcome transform minds from thinking negatively and worst case scenarios. I so, feel like
0: the, the the title of this is uncomplicated and people ask the most complicated <laughs> versions. I'm gonna what is, I'm what gonna, gonna uncomplicate what the, the question. Okay, question. It
1: sounds like this person might struggle with anxiety. Great. Because anxiety is Thinking of the worst case scenario, you're worried about what could happen, right. which is normally negative and right. the worst case scenario. And so, my favorite
0: is for those of you who have struggled with <laughs> for those of us who have struggled. It's like now I'm worried about worrying too much. Right. Now I'm having anxiety I'm getting sick
1: <laughs> because I worry so much about that having affect. anxiety. Yes. So mm-hmm. now it's
0: like this never ending thing. And yeah. this is, you know, I could ask Carlos to look it up. I could ask you how many people struggle with anxiety right now. Carlos on the keys, just check what is the latest because I know post-COVID there's it was an increase. So what's the question? So how
1: do you overcome it? How do you transform your mind? I love that they use the word transform minds because that mm-hmm. reminds me of a scripture in the Bible mm-hmm. that talks about transforming your mind by reading the word of God. So mm-hmm. I think the first thing I would say, if you want a, a different mind, you need to start putting something different in your head, the Ooh, hope of Jesus. There you and, go. Uh, the the faithfulness of God, and you read that in the scripture, and so I sh- think... Should
0: we have anxiety? Probably. <laughs> is it make sense to have anxiety? Yeah. Sure, Can yes. we control what's happening tomorrow? Are there... Is my car driving 65, maybe 85, miles an hour down the freeway while another one is coming at me and we're only 12 inches apart and somebody could be texting and then just bam, and then just end my whole life? Yes. Yeah. Could, you know, I lose my job tomorrow? Yes. Could you have... Could we get a diagnosis with one of our kids? Yes. It's not... Crazy to have anxiety. Mm -hmm. This is part of life. Anxiety, friends, is an emotion. And I think for a long time people treated anxiety like it was a sin Mm. and like it was, you know, for a long time people treated anxiety like it was this it was this betrayal to God. You know, like how could you not trust God and worry all the time? But we gotta be careful because anxiety is an emotion. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And emotions are gifts from God. And if anxiety is emotion, then we would handle anxiety the same way we would handle something maybe like anger. So Jesus doesn't say, don't be angry. He says, don't when you are angry, don't sin. Right. right. So maybe we could get so close as to say, you know, when you're thinking about anxiety as an emotion, be careful that anxiety doesn't catapult you into fear right. and worry and stress and paralyze you. But instead, grab that emotion of mm-hmm. anxiety, which could be there for a good reason. Sure. It could be a reason you need to be concerned about something. Take that. The scripture says in Corinthians ten to, to submit all these thoughts to God. Yeah. Because God, what He'll do is, if you can submit it to Him, it says He will demolish the argument.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: He will help you. He, he will. He will shut down the lie. With the truth. And that's really what you need. You need to just have the truth. And anxiety, like you said, has to do with what goes in your head, Mm -hmm. has to do with the people that are around you, and it has to do with your hope. Yeah. And that was uh, a great answer for you. Great. Great. And it was a great answer for me.
1: I mean, uh, we've all been there. (laughs) It was a great answer. Good job, babe.
0: What you got? What you got? What you got? Yeah, so it's showing that over 40 million people in the U.S. are uh, dealing with some form of anxiety disorder. I believe it. I believe it. So that's about one in five. Yeah, Yeah, I believe it. I believe
1: it. Yeah. That's good.
0: You want to add anything to that? I don't know if you've really had too much struggle with anxiety personally. You just seem to have...
1: Oh, well, I, I, I mean, I've had anxiety. Well, it was a car. Yeah. You got I've car had a car accident. I've gotten a car accident, and I forced myself to get back in a car. Yeah. Uh, it was like a near, should have been death, car accident. Yeah. 100%. And I walked out, and I could have easily never driven again cuz yeah. that would have been safer yeah right that that was the logical not logical but yeah. logical thought and i um i forced myself to get back as soon as i was out of bed back in a car driving in the rain cuz that's yeah. when i had my accident and i get in the car every single day i drive every single day if i'm honest I have anxiety in the car sometimes, uh, depending on who's driving and how fast they're driving and if it's raining and if there's big rigs around. If it's me. If it's my husband. (laughs) um, I I still battle that, but I immediately go to, I start praying and I say, God, I know you're with me. And I start declaring the promises he's had in my life. I turn up some music that's going to focus me on, the one who created me and the yeah. one who takes care of me. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, cause
0: what's the alternative? You don't drive. Right. So that's the thing. My, if you're my world you're gets real small. with anxiety, yeah. think about anxiety like a direction. Mm-hmm. Are you moving this way or are you moving that way? You know? Yeah. So faith is propelling you forward. Fear is propelling you backwards. Keep the faith. As long as you're moving forward, you're good. When you begin to move backwards, that's when you're saying, mm, maybe I'm not trusting God and maybe this is, this is
1: well, and that's when I think you give in to anxiety sometimes. I don't know if even giving in is the correct language, but those scenarios keep getting crazier and darker because you are, you are not walking towards any scenario. And so then your mind takes over. And the darkness takes over and they get worse as opposed to, okay, this makes me anxious, but I'm going to continue to live out my life and do the things that God's called me to do. And I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to do all the things. And then you realize, okay, I got in the car and I had a little bit of anxiety, but it's okay. Cause God was with me. Yeah. And then you begin to build a muscle yeah. um, of, a, a, a faith, a muscle of like, okay, like I can, this isn't debilitating. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and the scenarios, um, you know a scenario now yeah. instead of not knowing any scenarios yeah. and kind of like being limited by that anxiety. I don't know if
0: that's So helpful. good. Okay. So good. I love when you talk. Next question. Sure. How do you live a life as a Christian without feeling guilt or wrong? All right. Well, guilt is not necessarily a bad thing. Guilt is recognizing that you did something wrong and mm-hmm. that you wish you could do it differently So you don't want to get rid of guilt you want to get rid of guilt trips <laughs> Guilt trips is really the w- is really another word for shame Yeah, we used to play this game. When we were kids called a duck duck goose <laughs> 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 and we'd walk around and we'd tap everyone on the head and then you, you know this person is back, the goose <laughs> and then you'd run around and the person who didn't get if they didn't make it then they're in the middle and they go mush mush uh-huh. mush did you ever do that yeah that's that's a guilt trip that's the shame pot you sit in the
1: middle and yeah. everyone looks at you and yeah. taunts you
0: and sometimes the loudest voice in that in that group is the voice in your own head and that's shame mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and the enemy if you're going to go go so far as to believe there is an enemy uh, he's also called the accuser so he's going to be accusing you and trying to make you feel worthless. And so the, the question isn't, you know, how do I live without guilt? The question is, how do I live without shame? Mm-hmm. And in the Old Testament, we see this incredible picture of this sacrificial system, like thousands of years old, where even at the most like primal level, people recognized they had guilt and shame in their life. And there was like this sacrificial system. So wild. think about this, where in order to get people free of shame and guilt, uh, what, what would happen is they would take a, they would take a, 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 a two different goats mm-hmm. and one of them that was sacrificed was represented. The, the priest would lay the hands on them and sprinkle the blood on it and all this gnarly medieval crazy stuff. And that was like this representation of, uh, of, 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 of the sacrifice. It's over. It's done. It's paid for. Right. But then the thing is, we all know that even after something has been paid for or done, we still have that lingering shame. Mm-hmm. And so they had a second goat. Right. And they took the goat. They prayed over that goat and they sent that goat out into the wilderness. They didn't kill it. They sent it out into the wilderness. And that was representing the shame that was being taken away from them. okay, Mm -hmm. And that's where we get the term scapegoat. Mm -hmm. How wild is that? And this whole thing is the two sides of the coin because it says in First in John 1, 9 that with, through Jesus, we can be cleansed and purified of all unrighteousness, right? So cleansed and purified, right? You need to be purified and you need to be cleansed. Like you need to be forgiven and you need to be set free of the shame. Like yeah. you need both. And that's the two sides of the coin. And that's why a lot of people don't go to church or they run away from God is because, okay, I believe that God's taken my sin from me, but you got to understand that he took your shame too.
1: So good. It was a really
0: shameful death that Jesus died for us. Yeah. You know, naked in front of everybody on a tree, which was considered being cursed by, his, by, by the Jewish people. Um, they hung a, a sign that made fun of him over his head. They put a, Fake crown on him of thorns. They really embi- shamed, shamed him, him. Yeah. in the most painful way possible. And sometimes we forget that that the cross represents not just our freedom from the guilt, but our freedom so good. from the shame. Come and on. And so when you know God, you draw close to freedom from shame. But if you're feeling a lot of shame, uh, my, my encouragement to you is is to realize that. You know, is to recognize that that shame is keeping you from God. It's not healthy. And sometimes what we do is we give ourselves these guilt trips and we have these. You know, I'm going to say something and this is probably going to offend somebody. So feel free to uh, write me at justicecoleman.com about this. <laughs> but, um, you know, these pity parties and the victim mindset and yeah. the pity party. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And, and, you know, on one level, Maria, people are like, oh, that's healthy because you're recognizing, you know, that's remorse you got to understand that that's not putting a smile on God's face. Yeah. God is not looking at your pity party and saying, oh, I'm so glad that you feel so bad about what you've done yeah. when you're keeping yourself from moving forward in life yeah. because of this shame. He's saying, wasn't what my son did on the cross good enough right. for you to walk in freedom now? Because well, if th- you're adding your own guilt trip or shame to your life, what you're saying is, is the cross is isn't enough. The cross has to be enough. The person and the work of Jesus has to be enough so that you can, and I'm not saying you drop the remorse. I'm saying, I'm saying you, you drop the pity party Mm -hmm. because you cannot, this is not a, This is, this cannot stay at that place or you are actually denying the very freedom that God, it's like if I gave my son Logan, my oldest son as a sacrifice, I can't even imagine that, but imagine Logan came to me and he's like, dad, I'm willing to die on the cross for uh, uh, Johnny over here. And I'm like, what the heck? And let's say this whole thing goes down. I can't even imagine this illustration happening, but you know, then Johnny never lives a life of freedom. He never he never gets set, he never does anything significant because he's too busy giving himself a pity party. He's walking around with his head hung down between his, you know, you know, right. and, and and just being being, and then eventually you just got to be like, dude, wasn't what Logan did enough? Mm-hmm. He died so that you could live, not died so that you could stay in shame. So good. And then that's the whole purpose of the resurrection too, is to show you there's life after death, yeah. and you have to see that on the other side. If you're living in shame, you're not living the life. After death, you're gonna yeah. add something.
1: No, just that I think that you said it so beautifully. The there's a moment where you recognize what you've done, and yeah, you have that remorse or that moment where you're like, "God, forgive me," but it's not a lifetime. Like it right. has to just be that moment that, and, and then you have to say, "Okay, God, like, I'm I'm not staying here right. because you've you died, so I could have freedom from this." And I think so many times. Um, you said the 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 differentiation in language was guilt and guilt trips. We can, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, the accuser would continue to want you to live there, and yeah. will continue to lie to you until he has trained you to lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, having that moment of like, man, I messed up. I'm so sorry, God. That you can get off your knees and know that God's forgiven you. He's already paid the price, and that you can walk in freedom. So the moment that it's longer than. A moment is where we really got to ask ourselves: How do you live a
0: life as a Christian without feeling guilt or wrong? Uh, You got to confess your sin. What lives in the dark, yeah, dies in the light. So if you have a secret sin in your life, you got to tell somebody about it. You got to get over it. Then the then you don't that 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 secret doesn't have power over you anymore. So good secrets. People always say that secrets keep you safe. No, secrets keep you in prison. Mm -hmm. You're in prison to the secret. You got to get it out. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to cleanse you and purify you of all unrighteousness. You need to cleanse need a shower, right? <laughs> a cleanse is a shower. Yeah. That's how you get rid of shame. You shower it off, right? Same thing with people who have been victimized by somebody else and you're feeling the shame of something they did to you. You didn't do something wrong to them. They did something to you. You feel like you need a shower because you feel dirty. Some people know exactly what I'm talking about right now as I get into this conversation. Yeah. And you feel like no matter how many showers you take, you never get clean. Only Christ can actually give you that level of freedom. But you, the the, the, the the it says confess your sin, mm-hmm. talk about it, see a therapist, talk to a friend, yeah, get free of that the, those thoughts and those things. So, anyways, this is Next going question. good so far. Next yeah. question: How do we get past the regret of our actions after someone is? Uh, same yeah, question. Same question. <laughs> what does God's timing mean for new believers? Humans want things now. Yes, uh, God's timing. How do you feel about that, Maria?
1: It's a real, real late. <laughs>
0: It's slow motion. It is, it
1: is slow.
0: Why does God take so long to answer our prayers? Why does he? T- why is his timing just infamously long? Why?
1: I think because he's doing something in us, and he's more concerned about transforming us oh, than come on. getting the result that our little hearts want.
0: God cares more about who you're becoming than where you're going, and he'll take as long as he wants. All right, next yep. one stretch your faith, make you stronger. How to get past the shame of leaving past plans for what I feel God is calling me to now? I don't understand that question. What does that mean?
1: Uh, How to get past the shame of leaving past plans. I don't know. I don't feel like there should be any shame if God's calling you to something. You should be excited. I mean... Maybe not shame, maybe... God uh, does not...
0: First of all, when God calls you to something, you're leaving something behind usually. Right. So as much as it's exciting as it sounds to hear from God and to get a plan and get direction, the truth is he's usually asking us to do something that we don't want to do. Or that's he's hard. He's asking us to do something that's hard, It's yeah. uncomfortable. And so, you know like when we started the church, for example, we had to leave a church that we loved
1: absolutely, and people and it took we us.
0: Loved. Yeah. And it was the hardest part about starting a new church from scratch. Everyone wants to know was leaving the church that we loved and to answer this loved. assignment. We felt God called us to do and we moved 45 miles away and moved into the city and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And so maybe, maybe that's maybe part of it. What do you think, Maria?
1: Maybe, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting stuck on the word shame here. I think, um, I don't know if maybe shame is the right word. Is it a relationship?
0: Is that what it is? How do I get past the I shame of leaving?
1: Past plans for what I feel God is calling me to now. Yeah, um, if there's shame, still- I'm like, it, w- it, I don't know. I think in our own life, like you were saying, when God we felt God calling us to start a church, um, there was not, there wasn't shame. It was sadness. Yeah. So if there's shame, maybe ask yourself some questions about what God's calling you to. Because I don't think God wants you to have shame. So I don't know. It, this is kind of a hard I think question it's without probably knowing. Probably
0: a relationship. So they're probably like, "I'm over this person, and I feel bad because I'm breaking their heart because I'm breaking up with them because I need to go get to it." I need Maybe. To new. And that makes total sense. That makes total sense. And uh, but but uh, yeah, if God's
1: it, called you to it. He's gonna call you through it, and yeah. uh, it you know doesn't Sorry, doesn't not the mean best that. For you. I know. I I think it's so circumstantial. It's yeah. hard to know, um, but. I've never I regretted say be honest. I've, I've never regretted obeying God. there you go And so if God's calling you to something um, I've never regretted He's gonna be with you in the hard times and the good times and uh, maybe just ask the Holy Spirit ask God like where that shame's coming from and kind of sort that out.
0: Next question take it take it
1: All right does God predestine some to be saved or to be perished? To
0: perish. Okay, so the question is, hey, if God created everybody, he knows everything, does he already know who's going to hell and who's going to heaven, and does he decide some people go to heaven and some people go to hell, and does he play favorites, and, you know, is God some sort of, uh, you know, mar- marionette, puppet master, what do you call that?
1: Yeah, Puppet Master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know, he already knows everything's going to happen. Then he already knows who's going where and what's going on and who's going to be with them and who's going to... And we have a guest coming in, Dr. Gary yeah, Peshears, who is the one. leading voice on this
1: exact topic. Well, so stay tuned it. next week.
0: What are Christians' views on different religions, Islam, Buddha, et cetera? I actually asked a friend, uh, uh, a doctor friend of mine, to come and talk about that. He teaches at our Bible college. Nice. And... Uh, he said he would prepare something. Cool. The answer is: What are Christian views on different religions? Islam, Buddhism. Okay. So, for example, the difference between Islam and Christian faith on uh, the the main difference is Jesus. Because even some of the Bible stuff is sure. the same. But who is Jesus? That's that's what you got to figure out. That that's what it comes down to. If Jesus, let's say, there are there are religions out there that believe Jesus was an angel. Mm-hmm. Um, if an angel dies on the cross for you. Uh, how much does that really help you? Can an angel atone for all the sins of the world? Mm-hmm. No, but God can. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, if if he's just a prophet like in Islam? Well, if Jesus, you know, is just a prophet, you know, what good does it, does it does that really? It, once again, is atonement mm-hmm. is he, is he going to satisfy the wrath of God? Is he going is, to is just a prophet? We don't believe that Jesus is a man who became God. Right. The Bible teaches the exact opposite. Teaches that God in heaven, eternal, spoke all things into existence. All things were made for Him, under Him, through Him. Right? He left heaven and came to earth for us. And that is not the God that became a man, like maybe in Mormonism, or you know, where you believe you 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 ascend, you you ascend, you become the best version of yourself, and like this idea of reaching, or in Buddhism, enlightenment, or whatever. This is not. This is not man becoming God. Our faith is in the God that becomes man. Mm-hmm. And that is completely different. So that that changes everything. Yeah. So who is Jesus is going to be the difference in all of those religions. Next one. Why was man given the greatest responsibility and why? Well, okay, hold on, hold on. a lot of assumptions here. <laughs> Jumping into the assumptions. Why was man given the greatest responsibilities? And why women are just helpers? Seems like a hierarchy to me. <laughs> <laughs> was man given the greatest responsibility And are women just helpers What's he talking about He's talking about the Garden of Eden
1: He's talking about Adam and Eve Adam was given the responsibility Of naming all the animals And taking care of the garden And
0: Eve was given the responsibility Of popping out babies
1: Yeah that's a big responsibility
0: Let's just change Let's just see who's got The most responsibility here
1: <laughs> Growing human <laughs> beings or <are> gardening <laughs> Alright <laughs> Let's really uh, look at it from objectively, <laughs>
0: coming up with a few names, categorizing the species or uh, landscaper, human <laughs> making. <laughs> human <maker. laughs>
1: all
0: right, so this is this is pro- okay. So Adam and Eve. Yes. Who was in charge of the garden, Adam or Eve?
1: Um, Adam was in charge.
0: Both. Okay. He, he looked at them and he said, "To them, be fruitful and multiply." This is true. They're both in charge of the garden. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yep. Okay. Second of all. This is an ancient poem from thousands and thousands of years ago, by the way, in the beginning pages of the Bible that help us understand how God sees the world that he created. Mm -hmm. Not science. It's not a science book. It's how the world, how he sees things. So everything was a mess. God created it good, put man in charge of it, said man was very good, gave man a job to do, gave him a helper. Okay, now we read the English word helper Mm -hmm. and we go, oh, so she's an assistant. Right. Is woman an assistant to man? No. No. Is she less than man? No. Is she less responsible than man? No. No. Why use the word helper? Because what? it's hard to translate that word in English. Yeah. That's why. So the word is I wanna say Azir in Hebrew or Aziz, something like that. Azir, azir sounds right. Azir, I think. And that word helper is used I don't know, 50 plus times in the old testament. And you know what the word helper means? Tell them, babe. It it means compatible. Uh, It doesn't mean assistant. Here's where it's used. I'll I'll tell you where it's used. It's used when a tribe needs another tribe to come connect with them, to team up with them so they can fight the enemy. Mm -hmm. It's a... It's a, it's a oftentimes a, the helper, like a, a, a compatible tribe. Like we need to join forces. Like a
1: partner. Like
0: a partner. Mm-hmm. It's also used, watch this, to describe God. Come Azir, on. I think is what it is. Man, I should have studied this. Uh, <laughs> when the Bible says more than once that God is our helper,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: the word that's used. Is God weak? No. Is God less than man?
1: Mm-hmm. Is
0: he God's assistant?
1: No.
0: Nope. No. Man, how good is that? So it's, it's the idea of a strength that's coming alongside of you. Yeah. Adam had a big job to do. He needed a teammate.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: this idea that woman was created for him to team up after woman's there, be fruitful, multiply. Bam. Right. Now you guys can do this thing together. You couldn't have done this thing by yourself. You need the teammate. You need, you need the helper. Yeah. And that word compatible is about equal equality. Mm-hmm. And it's about this fit. Yeah. Because there is a distinction between man and woman, despite what you've heard. And those uniquenesses really come together right. really well. And so now that they're coming together, now he's got a helper. He's got this, like, united front. Mm-mm. Now they can do something like run the world, yeah. <laughs> develop the world. But, uh, yeah, so— so
1: I think some of it gets confused, though, because we look at ancient cultures, and women have always, you know, not been on the same level, right? Um, have looked— or have been treated as less than, than, um, than men. Still to this day. Still to this day. I think we're getting closer to, uh, but I think that's kind of where sometimes we get off track is just looking at culture as opposed to looking at the design. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And, and, And that's because for thousands of years, man has been physically stronger than woman. So he's been able to dominate. Yeah. Yeah. So as, you know, equality was never in question. It was just somebody was stronger than the other. Right, right. So, uh, but
1: physically stronger. It says
0: in Galatians chapter three, there's no male or female in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. You can't be. You can't spend too much time on that, uh, because you have to realize that where God, where God wants us to be, is mm-hmm. in total equality. He's not looking at anybody as less than, or more yeah. than, or more qualified, or less qualified. That's the and point Jesus, of God, you
1: know, if we look at the Bible again, shows us that he, even though the social norms and the culture at that time would. Um, not elevate women would push them down. Jesus yeah. had female disciples. Yeah, wild. So wild at that time, like absolutely absurd to mm-hmm. that culture. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, uh, his time on earth showed Old Testament us that too. he valued women the way he valued men. Which Equality
0: was, and freedom is a huge concept of the Bible. In the Old Testament, it's anti-slavery. It's yeah. anti uh, you, they're promoting women, they're putting women as prophets and, yeah. uh, you know, and Jesus, I mean, the, 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 the Bible is, is, is like this picture of this, this tribe, uh, that's continuing to push the envelope. Like yeah. it's like the, the culture is trying to hold everybody back and, and, and the Bible like, no, 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 we don't think like that. You know, it's just, it's just pulling people into totally. the, the, the world that God's trying to create. He's mm-hmm. pulling people into it. And so, um, yeah,
1: yep. That's good.
0: So I would just be careful with that because if, if you're thinking is that men have more responsibility or that, you know, I'll tell you where men have the most responsibility and that's in their families. Because as the, as in the home, the husband has a clear commandment to be the first one to lay his life down for his family. Yeah. You know, and so that, that there's that. There's no Bible verse that says a woman should submit to a man. By the way, not in there. Mm-hmm. There is Bible verses about how a wife is supposed to submit to a husband as a husband submits to the wife. says that right. as well too. Mm-hmm. But it's that, hey, a husband needs to be the one that says, I'll lay my life down. I'll go first. Push comes to shur- shove, I'm serving. I'm yeah. laying my life down. And that needs to be the attitude that a husband has over his family. Like, I will serve. And so if you want to use a res- responsibility for that, it fits. Mm-hmm. The responsibility to say, hey, I'm the one who's yeah. standing in front of the bullets. I'm the one who's going to work every day if I need to. I'm the one who's doing it. Next one.
1: All right. Getting married after divorce.
0: Uh, Let's ask Gary about that one too. All right. Yeah, because that's that one
1: for Dr. Gary. I don't want to
0: make the mistake of accidentally spending too little time on that. Too
1: little time. That's a big one. Yeah. Okay.
0: Next one. What do you say to believers about the end times, especially after this COVID-19 pandemic? I'm not sure what COVID-19 has to do with the end times. What would you tell Christians about the end times?
1: Um... I think reading Revelations is a good (laughs) place to start.
0: If you want nightmares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you want more clarity. I don't. What's the question?
0: Uh, Just what you say about the end times. People are always asking me to do talks on the end times. I get it all the time. Will you teach about the end times? I don't know anything about the end times. I don't know what's going to happen at the end. Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, nobody knows. So you read Revelation and enjoy it. But the the, the purpose of Revelation is to teach you the supremacy of Christ. To teach you that God is holding all things together and that you can trust him. That's the big idea. It's to worship the one who knows. That's yeah, the idea that's, of revelation. Yeah. It's a revelation of who he is. That's what it's all about, even if you can't understand it. <laughs> so,
1: um, I don't, I guess on a personal level, I've never, there's so much that's present now that like I want who, no one knows when the end times are, right? Like there's prophecies fulfilled and all that, yes. But I want. As many people going to heaven, knowing Christ and experiencing heaven on earth now, mm. that I'm less worried about like when it is and what it looks like because I feel like there's a task at hand now. Yeah. And so, I don't know. That's just my own personal spiel Is on it. Jesus it coming back? Important. Yes.
0: Jesus is coming back. That's how you want to think about it. Yeah. You know, every generation since Jesus ascended has thought that this is the generation that Jesus is coming back. So... That's a good way to live. Yeah. Just live with an urgency that your life matters, that you matter, Mm -hmm. that your time here on earth is important and that you're important to God's plan. Live like that and you will have peace. But what would really change if you had a date (laughs) when Jesus is coming back or not? Yeah. What would really change? Hopefully it wouldn't change much, right? Yeah, hopefully. That's why Jesus says live like that. Those people, I think. What is gluttony? How much is too much? Deadly sins? Hey, great question. What's gluttony?
1: Gluttony is too much of something. Yeah. Right? So it could be overindulging in shopping, in Mm. food, in too much of anything. Um, What
0: drives people to overindulge?
1: um, I mean, sometimes I think it's pain. I don't know if that's correct or not. But I think sometimes when there's a pain in someone's life, um, they use something else to try to, um, heal that pain mm-hmm. or uh, mm-hmm. not feel that pain or fix that pain. And mm-hmm. Jesus is the one that heals our pain. And so if we're going to anything else more than we're going to Jesus, it's probably going to harm you more than it's going to
0: Are help you. you an emotional eater? Absolutely. Me too. Are you an emotional spender? Yeah. Are you yeah.
1: I feel good when I I don't <laughs> feel good and then I go buy something. It makes me feel better.
0: A little retail therapy.
1: Retail therapy is real. Yeah, dude.
0: Man, my mom's been in the hospital and for four days now, and I'm just like oh, She's been in the
1: hospital a lot long, longer than yeah, four days. Right.
0: But I've been in the hospital for four days with her. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I need some shake shack on the way <laughs> home from this hospital. I need right now. a
1: milkshake. That's what and I need. Some French fries. Need,
0: and really what you're looking for is a functional savior. Yeah, You're looking for something to save you from your pain, like mm-hmm. Maria said. And so why is gluttony a big deal to God? Because it hurts yourself. You're hurting yourself instead of going to God, right? And yeah. it's not just like being obese or just being in debt or these things are, really, those are, those are symptoms of the problem is that you need a savior. Yeah. You need someone to save you. And, you know, when you realize you can't save yourself and that there's a God who loves you and has come for you and that he wants to heal you, and, uh, everything you need is in him mm-hmm. as cliche and as simple and uncomplicated as that sounds, man, that's where you want to be. Yeah. That's where you want to be. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, so that's where you want to be. That that's where emotional health, yeah, you know, is found. And people talk about living your truth all the time. Oh, live your truth, speak your truth. And you just gotta be so careful with that. Yeah. Because you can create your own truth that is in conflict with the truth. Who is Jesus? Yeah. And and Jesus doesn't want you to live in debt and overextended and stressed about finances. And he doesn't want you to live you you to live super overweight and unhealthy and your heart about to have a heart attack. And yeah. he doesn't want you to you know live anxious. He wants you to be at peace and live the life that he's made for you. And he wants you to know that you're important to the world because he has a plan. And he wants you to be in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he wants you he wants you to be saved. The word saved. uh, that's used all the time in the New Testament is the word sozo, Mm -hmm. S-O-Z-O, and it means to be healed as well. So sometimes you'll read it and it'll say, your faith has saved you, and you're thinking salvation in the sense of eternity, Mm -hmm. but it also means heals you. Your faith has healed you, paralytic. Mm -hmm. Your faith faith has healed you, uh, blind person. And so why don't you pray for anybody here today that that's where they're at. They're overindulging. They're a little bit lost. They have these questions because they're kind of feeling stuck in life. And thank you for tuning in.
1: Yeah. Jesus, we, uh, thank you that you care about all these things. Yeah. Every person and every question that came in, God, you care about their life and their emotional health and their Mm. physical health and their, their heart and their soul. And, um, I just asked for the person that wrote this last question specifically, God, that, that you'd speak to them, that, uh, your Holy spirit would guide them, that they would, help, uh, you'd help them navigate what's going on. I think if they're asking this question, maybe that there's pain in their heart and their, their soul mm. and that you would come and heal them and that they would realize that maybe what they're doing isn't beneficial to their life. Um, if it's not founded and rooted in you. And yeah. so I just pray, um, I pray for a revelation of who you are Yeah. for every single person yeah. that's uh, asked a question. And everyone that's watching, in Jesus' name, we pray.
0: Amen. Submit your theology questions, quick.
1: Coming up, this is
0: Dr. Gary, Dr.
1: Gary in, in, in the house. Friday.
0: So go to justicecoleman.com or leave a comment below. If you don't, you know, if you, sometimes people don't want to leave comments below yeah. because it's kind of public. So that's why you can go to justicecoleman.com.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Yeah,
0: love you guys.